Welcome to Mental Mamas. We are back. Um, this week, I'm going to start out our Goober Awards, and we are going to go over some kind of sensitive topics. Um, so I am going to put a little bit of a trigger warning in right now. We are going over the history of the two A's, adoption and abortion. But before we get into that, we are going to do our Goober Awards, like I said. Don't forget to introduce yourself because oh. our listeners, if they've been listening, they don't know yet. <laughs> if they have been listening, they don't know? I'm pretty sure my mom knows. Um, I'm pretty sure our moms are the only ones that listen. <laughs> They're very proud of us. And also, we have eight listeners. <laughs> I've looked. We have um, a total of, it, it says on the... Um, application that there's eight people who listen ours says 12 followers you oh that's followers which is cooler is it i don't know i don't know it just says that we have 12 followers so hey but 12 followers this is jaden listeners although the last time i checked hold on one moment here just 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 pause all right we're pausing pause do 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 um if nine please oh that's of our last episode so thank you everybody who listened to a ray of sunshine featuring my mom um and thanks for everybody who commented and said all the nice things my mom is definitely a ray of sunshine we're gonna continue the adoption talk as um jaden said and we're actually gonna put it side by side with abortion um they kind of go hand in hand unfortunately they go hand in hand and it's weird because growing up never gave that like a second thought but now that i'm a bit older everybody's like choose adoption not abortion and i'm like those are two different things for like adoption is something you decide i mean i guess you can decide it before you're having the baby but i guess that just wasn't the case for me anyways we're going on to Jaden's Cooper Award, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, this actually happened probably two months ago. I just kind of have a running list. Um, Elwin is learning to write her letters more effectively. Like she can write before school she could write. Um, but now she's more legible. Yeah, more legible. She's learning about handwriting and things like that. And my handwriting tends to have like a lot of random little curls just in places. So like when I do my C, the top of my C kind of curls in and I don't remember what I was writing, but I went to go, I like wrote a C and Elowen stops me and she goes, mommy, that's not how you write a C. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. She goes, no, that's an E mommy. <laughs> like, all right. First of all, you can barely spell your name. <laughs> Second she can of all, spell it in her head. <laughs> she can spell her name. She actually can write pretty well now. Um, but yeah, at this point, she was like just learning how to write other words. Right. And I'm like, don't even. You're lucky some people can read your handwriting. On Instagram, we'll post up like Jaden's C's and E's. And you, you can let us know if Jaden knows how to write legibly <laughs> and if if all of you guys vote that she doesn't know how to write legibly 
then she can go in with Ellie's handwriting class and they can do the, do you remember the little um, paper that they gave us? Where, where it's got the three write, lines and one, the middle one's like dotted. You, yeah. And you have to trace the letters and then write them. And write impossibly big. Yes. I cannot write that big. <laughs> I can barely so write big job. enough to fill like a regular lined paper, like in between the lines. So I don't know what was with me in middle school, but I had the idea that writing small was cool. I got an award for it in like my middle school class like the class of middle school you know everybody yeah. all 500 students because that's but anyway <laughs> but they were literally like smallest handwriting goes to riley and i was like yeah that makes sense maybe i should debate once i started being like you know i don't know what i'm what i'm saying or writing then i was kind of like you know Maybe I should change. <laughs> I will. I will justify Elowen's complaint with saying that um, I don't write legibly half the time. My handwriting eventually just turns into like weird squiggles that only I can read, and even sometimes I can't read them. But um, as we have noticed in previous episodes, shout out to the PCOS episode where. We still don't know what the heck you were talking about. So yeah, I uh, <laughs> my, I get bored writing halfway through words sometimes, <laughs> and so then I just like finish it with a weird squiggle that eventually that I'm like I'll know what that says, and then I don't know what it says because <laughs> my brain has never reactivated after having kids. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so I have do two Gruber awards, so we'll just do. The one for Archer first. So Archer just started daycare this past week and it's been very difficult actually because before he was, when I was working, he was staying with either my mom or Mason's mom. And then there was just kind of like a sense of security in that because I was like, well, obviously we turned out all right. And they're your family. It's different. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Because like, when Ellie first started daycare, like we absolutely adore our daycare provider and the twins go to her and they love her. And like my twins, my kids will actively choose to stay with her over coming home with me. Yeah. But when we first started daycare with Elo and it was the hardest thing for me because I was, it wasn't someone that I was familiar with. Yeah, I kind of realized that literally the Sunday before we sent him I was like he's never been with anybody that he doesn't know like at all ever in his whole life yeah (laughs) but I guess it went well anyways the very first day he's they've been having a hard time getting him to sleep because he has major FOMO aka fear of missing out so he goes to daycare and he's like wow I've never seen this many babies before (laughs) (laughs) and he is becoming a bit social and now he has he has slept on a girl (laughs) i mean is that the right way to say it probably not did he like fall asleep laying on like a staff member or is it like another kid or all of the above (laughs) honestly he's just that little player (laughs) yeah he's just a ladies man is all it is he is because yeah no so they've been having such a hard time and he just like they've said that he will only fall asleep when he's being cuddled and i'm like i mean that's probably 
my fault because that's how we go to sleep is I cuddle him and then I'm like, okay, it's time for bed. And it works for us, but you got to do what you got to do to get sleep. Honestly, like the crib thing, they just are like, he's rubbing his eyes. Let's put him in the crib. I'm like, yeah, I can see where most babies probably go to sleep. Yeah. It's a, Sleep training, that's where, like, sleep training, I think, comes in handy Yeah. with daycare. But at the same time, like I said, you kind of got to do what you got to do to get them to sleep. Ella and we rocked her to sleep for the first, like, nine months, I yeah. think. And then um, getting her to sleep in a crib was really, really hard. Yeah, no, I, um, anyways, so they <laughs> sent a picture of him sleeping on his stomach with his butt in the air in a baby's lap and that baby was drinking milk in the daycare provider's lap and i'm like <laughs> what a day he just needs all the cuddles yeah him does. and lila should just like spend time together yeah oh my god but that was his Goober Award. And since Jaden doesn't share very many Goober Awards about herself, we're going to share Jaden's Goober Award. Oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? Um, So it was her birthday just a while ago, as some of our followers see. <laughs> Jaden's like, oh, no, don't no. share it. <laughs> Wait, which one are you going to share? Are you going to share both of those? Because those were both really embarrassing. Well, now that you brought up both of them, I was just going to do the one, but now that you brought up both of them, them i guess we've got to share all of the above all right all of the joy um no matter where we go Jaden just talks to everybody that she's the person to get your nails done with because i don't know about you but i would just sit there awkwardly and be like yeah that's kind of the color i wanted <laughs> honestly i have anxiety which means when i'm anxious i can't stop talking and usually that also means that i say really stupid things a lot and I make everyone uncomfortable, and then we all just get along because we're all very uncomfortable with the things that I have said. That is 100% what happened with the Asian ladies in the nail salon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will, because you weren't there for that conversation. You can tell the other one. Yeah, no, I was there for the first part where she literally, so we're getting our nails done. I'm kind of just kind of sitting there waiting for the pedicure person to be ready for me, but they started on Jason first, as was her right, because it was her birthday, and oh, I don't think they knew that. Anyways. <laughs> no, I don't think they knew that either. <laughs> no, I tried letting them know. Was like, hey, does she get like a cupcake or a pineapple? <laughs> a whole pineapple. Because apparently they give you fruit when you get your nails done. That's sometimes. happened to us, though, yeah. is why yeah. I'm bringing no, it up. I talked to some of my coworkers at my job and they were like, yeah, we get mangoes when we go get our nails done. And I'm like, this has only ever happened to me one time. Yeah. What? What's going maybe we gotta go back to that place and maybe. see if it's just like a regular occurrence at that nail salon if so they should definitely advertise it because well and mason is very disappointed every time i get my nails done and, and I you don't, don't bring home, home fruit with fruit because i convinced him the one time that i came home with a pineapple that that was just a the normal norm. occurrence <laughs> like of course i get a pineapple or some kind of tropical fruit when I get my nails. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but Jaden, anyways, she gets her toes done. 
And I mean, understandably, I think everybody's a little bit ticklish on their feet, especially when somebody's like not manhandling it. Using rubbing a pumice stone across the middle of your foot. <laughs> All right. That's what was happening. And everything. But she literally like we're talking and out of nowhere she screeches. Like everybody jumps. She's just like <laughs> just it so just scared loud. me and it tickled <laughs> and I just responded in a way that was normal for me and Everyone everybody looked at me. Laughed. No, I, not everybody looked at you. Everybody laughed at you. Well, All yeah. the um, nail salon ladies were like, that freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the one that, I mean, she wanted a nice tip. So she was like, no, it's fine. It's normal. And I was She like, was <laughs> laughing really hard. Like she was doing everything she could to control herself. Yeah. But you could see she was about to lose it yeah she was like oh it's fine it's totally normal you can you can screech anytime that i'm handling your foot <laughs> yep so that happened um but then i go and you know doing my manicure and um i was getting acrylics done and the lady puts all the acrylic tips on and she's going to trim them down to the right length and the one on my pinky that she put on didn't have enough glue and it just like popped off when she trimmed it which both made us kind of like laugh because it just that doesn't usually happen she was like it's fine i'll just re-glue it and so she re-glues it and she trims all my other nine nails and she forgot about the pinky nail and she just like put her tool in the drawer and everything closed it and she turns back around and she sees it and she goes oh it's okay we're just gonna leave that one long and i with no self-control lean forward and say it's okay that's my coke nail <laughs> And the late look this lady gives me though, she because we she knew we were friends. She looks at me and she's like, "Did you did you did you hear that?" And I didn't because I was busy trying to make a conversation with my nail technician, which takes all of my energy. But she at this point, I'm giggling nervously because I realized this yeah. person is not comfortable with the joke that I have just made. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> they did not think it was funny. And so then In Riley looks up. <laughs> Riley looks up and I'm like looking at her. My face must be beet red as I'm laughing. And she goes, did you say something stupid? And I said, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I proceeded to be like, great. Jaden is embarrassing us <laughs> in the nail salon. You can't take me in with all of these. They're all really professional looking ladies. Um, the lady that I had actually, I don't think I told you, but she had on a shirt to go out to the bar and more power to her. Congratulations for having the confidence because it was completely see-through other than her bra. Like, I saw her bra and like she kept like leaning with her like boobs and everything and I was like oh okay like every time I looked down at my nails I was looking at that too and I was like I feel like, like I boobs. can't look at my hands right now I feel like I'm being inappropriate like, just looking up at the ceiling being like wow my nails are so pretty like I'm telling her yeah I love this color <laughs> I just it was I was definitely like a, I don't think I should be looking at that, but like now realizing and looking back, of course I get to look at my nails, so like I also get the boob show, yeah, too. <laughs> um, 
you know what makes it even worse with my inappropriate comment is I later found out about halfway through the rest of the manicure that the girl doing my nails was 19. She had just graduated high school that pre the previous May. So she was definitely she like, was like a baby. She was definitely like, wow, this lady. I mean, I did go and tell her. I was like, by the way, we we don't do drugs. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, she goes, she doesn't really do drugs. And she looks at me and looks at Riley. No, like, context. Because she had walked away and I explained to Riley what I said. And then she comes back and Riley goes, she doesn't really do drugs. And then she goes, I mean, I kind of figured that because she laughed after she said it. And I and she goes, I don't think people who actually do drugs laugh after they say it. And I'm like, you haven't met people who do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of showed her age right there. Yeah. Um, so she was just like a baby and I traumatized her. So good job, Jaden. Can't take me anywhere nice. I don't think you traumatized her, but I do think that she told her other friends about the occurrence. Or like, you know, you know, when you're working with somebody, especially a customer, then they're like, guess what customer I had today? Yes. Yeah. When you work anywhere where you have to do customer service. I absolutely. This crazy lady. Yeah. So. Which we could do a whole segment on all the crazy people that I work with. Huh. Honestly, I am that crazy person. We could probably do a whole segment of stupid things that I have said to Ooh, people that work in customer service. You should service. definitely write a list. Oh, we could do a full list. That could be in our working moms um, segment. Oh, yes. Anyways, <laughs> so let's move on. We've told three Goober Award stories or none about me because I'm perfect. <laughs> That's Riley's Goober Award right there. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a bit about the history of adoption and abortion. As we kind of said, unfortunately, they go hand in hand together. I, I remember um, kind of, so to be honest, I really didn't learn about what abortion was until I was in my late teens. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. really a topic that anybody spoke about. Um, so I do remember coming across pro-life things and being like, okay, I mean, I guess that despite my mental illness, I'm pro-living. <laughs> the amount of unaliving jokes that I make in a day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can and come I across as not pro-living. I do want to put it out there that I am not pro. <laughs> Saying that out loud seems so weird. Um, but also, like, like the people who are anti-choice, I mean, that that's really weird to say. You're really not pro-choice. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Um, <laughs> I am 100% pro-choice. Yep. I am very opinionated which is also very unfortunate for everyone that comes into contact with me and so um i will not be taking questions or comments that are not pro-choice thanks in advance <laughs> to our two listeners who are also pro-choice. <laughs> i mean i assume your mom is pro-choice yes. otherwise we're yes. gonna have some words <laughs> honestly my mom can have words with my opinions we can't talk about politics because we're both so 
painfully opinionated. But that's the best conversation. It's oh, my no. mom and we I. Get we get into it. Like, we will go to each other's throats. My mom and I, we will talk about it, and we see pretty eye to eye. Oh, no. She's like one of the, you and my mom are one of the only people that I can talk politics with because somebody else will just accidentally say something that I completely disagree with. <laughs> like, my, you do not understand that. Chris doesn't, I, I hate to say that he's like naive when it comes to like women's rights. It's a rights. man thing. Yeah. It's a thing. And he no, tries no. to justify what he's saying. Like he's like, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk or anything. Like, he, And I know what he's trying to say, but what he's saying is not what he's trying to say. And then we get into fights. Yes. And Usually it ends with me pointing out that he has fragile masculinity um, <laughs> or that he was, he, it was raised it with toxic masculinity. Which doesn't, which doesn't end well for some reason. <laughs> yeah. He then gets very upset with me. Um, we don't end the thing nicely for some reason. After, yeah. After I, after I say that, I don't after understand. After I have attacked his masculinity, for some reason we don't have a really good time. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> just fix it. Yeah, gosh, I don't, I don't, there's no reason for you to be upset. <laughs> just get over it. Isn't that what they say about mental illness? Yeah, just get over it. God. Gosh, it's all in your head. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, like even in college, I remember seeing this, like, um, on the way that people put their political opinions out in college, other than all of the signatures they ask for, what are the petitions? Like there was so many petitions in college that there was a certain point where I was like, I am not registered to vote in South Dakota because I do not want to sit. I have a class to get to. I do not want to sit here and listen to why I should be a vegetarian. I completely understand that. No, I do not want to eat the baby chicken picture. <laughs> but anyways, I'm getting a little bit off topic here. What I'm trying to say is politics were put in chalk on sidewalk. And so I'm walking and I'm reading all of these pro-life chalk-ings, chalk art. Wait, and so were these these petitions and like the chalk art stuff done by college students? Yeah. Because I feel like when you're a college student, you have absolutely no idea how the world works. I'm 26 and I have no idea how the freaking world works. Um. Yeah, they definitely didn't because <laughs> the chalk sign on the on the sidewalk... See, I didn't even, I'm over college and I don't even know what a sidewalk is called. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to think of that word. <laughs> but the chalk art on the sidewalk said, choose adoption. It's that simple. And some mm -hmm. people know I'm adopted and they're like, so you must be pro-life. And I'm like, absolutely what? not. What? How do those go hand in hand? I do not understand because, I mean, and for my adoption story, like I said, I was adopted when I was one and three quarters. So, I mean, I don't, like, if my mom, my biological mom had aborted me, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to know any better. Like, <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. My first experience with adoption versus abortion, like, I didn't really know, like, obviously, I knew what adoption was. 
I didn't really know what abortion was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here in South Dakota, you see a lot of like churches with like the pink and blue little crosses all over their their the front Ooh, of their I lawn didn't and know stuff. That was what that was. Yeah, it's for all the babies that have been aborted. And I didn't really the fetuses, let's fetuses, yes, <laughs> zygotes, whatever, <laughs> bundles of cells. It doesn't really matter. Either way, it's been aborted. Um, and I didn't really know what that was. I just knew, like, the one time I asked someone was like, oh, yeah, those are all for the, like, dead kids. And I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. And then That's when I was... That's dead kids in a church. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was not funny. We should not be laughing at that. I am going to hell. Um, but I was in my 20s, like, early 20s um i guess i'm still kind of in my early 20s whatever no you're not you you I'm just had a birthday you're in your late 20s now congratulations for being by the way we're old we're close to 30 now okay hold on hold that thought because i have questions um <laughs> about being old yes Aww, okay poor soul. <laughs> here's here's the thing though so my first experience with like the anti-abortion um, movement, whatever. I had this friend who I worked with, absolutely adore her. She was telling me she got kicked off of a college campus because she, air quotes, um, tripped and fell and knocked down all of the crosses. Really? In protest to the anti abortion stuff. How is that a protest? <laughs> I don't trip. know. She, she just like destroyed all of their signs and stuff. But, um, I didn't really, at that point, I didn't really know anything about it. clearly a religious school, so that's probably what happened. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't tell you what school it was. But then I actually did research, and I am very pro-choice. It's not my body, so I don't care. Mm -hmm. You're not hurting me. You're not hurting anyone close to me. I I don't care what you do with your body. Anyways, back to being 30 and being quote-unquote old. Why are people obsessed with turning 30? Literally... (laughs) I'm going to die eventually. That's how (laughs) aging works. Thank you. I'm not worried about being old. I actually cannot be, cannot wait to be the village crazy lady. My goal is to be Moana's grandma. You already are the village crazy lady. That's what Chris told me the other day. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I want to be the cottage witch that everyone is afraid of, but also is like, if you need something, you go to her. Okay. That's my goal. Gosh, that is... That is a really good movie. <laughs> I my goal is to be the cottage witch that like people a, are mildly afraid of. Um, I don't know. I don't like the idea of being thirty. Sorry to our listeners who <laughs> are older, <laughs> but with the idea of being thirty, like the twenties is when you're supposed to be living your life which is kind of a mental illness topic to begin with why does your life end at 30 i don't know (laughs) for everybody whose life began at 30 i'm very proud of you but (laughs) all right so uh (laughs) mental illness that train riley says I don't understand why your life ends at 30, <laughs> what the big deal with that is. And I'm like, if my life ended at 30, thank God. <laughs> no, I, um, I'm sick of paying bills, my guy. I think it has to do with like chronic pain. It really like happens after 20, 
five for most people that aren't us. I was going to say, I've had chronic, chronic pain since, since I was 12. 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've dealt with chronic pain my entire life. So, like, I guess really what's the difference when I turn 30? I don't know. Like, now hangovers. People... I feel like the big difference is hangovers. Honestly, I, I get hangovers now. So... That's because you're old. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> honestly, I'm either hungover or still drunk. So <laughs> that is the life of an alcoholic, right? <laughs> no, I don't mean all the time. I just mean when I drink, <laughs> which is not often. I know. I say that, and you don't drink. <laughs> I literally drank on the 17th. I had one shot and one drink on I the 17th. I would just fall asleep if I only did that. Yeah. No. I that's all I had, and I was, then before that, I think the last time I drank was Christmas. Did we? Did we drink on Christmas? I think we drank on Christmas. I don't really remember don't Christmas. Remember that was a long anything. time ago. Yeah, I never. All right, we. All right, we are going to get into our topic now. <laughs> um, Thirty minutes in. Yeah, we're gonna start with the history of adoption. Yeah. So I actually, once we started talking more about getting into the topic of adoption I was kind of like what do I even have to say about adoption yes I'm a so I'm a an adoptee I was an adopted child growing up but like for me it was always very normal and we can talk more about that once somebody like actually asks me a question <laughs> because it's just so normal to me that I'm like I don't know what to talk about yeah what do you guys need to know yeah <laughs> um but the history of adoption I, is actually kind of really screwed up, which is really disappointing. So to start with, I'm going to create my own story of what I think the history of adoption actually was prior to all of this crap that I wrote down. Prior <laughs> to the actual history. Yeah. So I feel like the history of adoption had to start with like cavemen and cavewomen. So like, you know, a caveman died because he didn't realize that he could set himself on fire <laughs> and a cave woman too they both then the cave woman they both was died like, tragically yeah and then they were, were like they didn't realize and there was like a baby so like their caveman and woman friend was like well i guess i got a baby now <laughs> i mean that makes sense because like you see that adoption. <laughs> you see that in other species sometimes yeah. they will take in um the young that are left behind and I think that's just kind of animal instinct yes humans are animals I will not be taking questions or comments <laughs> okay man that is sold well, they are mammals actually mammals are animals Riley I know that they are <laughs> I'm not saying that they aren't then just... why'd you specify <laughs> you know why I specified <laughs> I um, just love that you didn't. There was. Uh, are we? Are you gonna explain that? Birds aren't mammals. Riley explained. didn't know that. Um, and um, I I knew that somewhere in my seventh grade brain. It's just it's been a while since I have had to take a test on what a mammal is and isn't. All right. So I screenshotted all the text to save for when I'm sad. <laughs> And we're going to go over those? Yeah. All right. So, we're stopping for another Uber <laughs> word. <laughs> All right. So um, 
in January, I sent Riley a picture on Instagram that said my toxic trait is how badly I wanted to masticate a raccoon. And that's Jaden. Yeah, I do I'm, not want. I don't want a raccoon. In I'm constantly place. bringing home animals, and honestly, I would absolutely have a pet raccoon if I could. And she had made the point um, that it is absolutely something I would do. And I said, I thought maybe we could post this come spring, you know, when I start finding mammals. And it autocorrected animals to mammals. So I said mammals. And she said, I like mammals better, mammals and birds. And I said, um, I definitely don't find fish or anything like that. And she goes, and rodents too, I guess. I think ra raccoons are probably rodents. And then we started talking about how that they were rodents or that we thought they were rodents. And I said, raccoons are not rodents. And she says, are they mammals? And That's I said, sick. yes, they don't lay eggs. Which I didn't know that for one. That raccoons don't lay eggs or that mammals don't lay eggs? No, I knew that mammals don't lay eggs because we're mammals. We do not lay eggs. Right. So um, you thought raccoons laid eggs? Yes. And so do rats. <laughs> rats lay a million eggs every night in the back of a New York alley. That is a horrifying image science by riley <laughs> <laughs> and she said um she replied to my yes they don't lay eggs um with yeah i or i absolutely a thousand percent didn't know that but now that i think of it raccoon eggs do sound terrifying <laughs> um and we continued to talk about that there and was then, something and then you had to ask me if whether or not I thought kangaroos or platypi were mammals. Which we did find out the um, plural of platypi. And it's not platypi. Oh, what is it? Or it was... platypuses. Platypatoads or something. It was something, something really toads. cute. Yeah. It was very cute. But um, I had to ask, like, okay, so... Um, I said, I'm just trying to process how you didn't know raccoons didn't lay eggs and also didn't think that they did. Like, how did you think they were reproduce? Um, and I don't think about raccoons reproducing, which I feel like is a pretty normal thing to not think about. <laughs> Honestly, I, how do you just not like look at an animal and be like, yep, you have live babies. Like that's my, that's where I'm confused. Is it, is that a mom thing? Do normal people think that? Like okay. normal moms? All right. So here's the deal. <laughs> I told my mom this, so my mom knows this, but there is an online test and I know online tests aren't always accurate, but it's the online version of the autism test. And when you take it, it gives you a quotient for like how autistic you are mm -hmm. and people who score under 66 are not autistic. Anyone who square, scores above that has autistic traits or potentially is autistic. And mm -hmm. when I, there's, it's like 207 points total. It's like the RADS right. test. I don't remember all of it, but um, I scored 183. So there's a good potential, potential that I have autism and that uh, this is just an autistic trait where I think about animals. Um, a lot of people... 
a lot more people are autistic than you think. It's really just a spectrum. Of it is. How it's... much it affects your life. So, like, the definition of autism, for anybody who is curious, is a neurodevelopmental condition of variable severity with lifelong effects that can be recognized from early childhood, chiefly characterized by difficulties with social interaction and communication. So, like, a lot of people with social anxiety can be like have a A form of autism be on the spectrum yeah so we've kind of just concluded that and another like big thing that you see in the autistic community is like special interests um or like fixations Mm -hmm. on certain topics and i'm assuming animals is my special interest and or fixation and i just see an animal and i'm like you have live babies or you like lay eggs babies (laughs) special interest I like babies. I do like babies. But like, I don't know. I just like to know everything I can about certain topics. So it's bizarre to me to not have someone be like, yeah, that's totally normal. No, it's not, Jaden. Your brain is just janky. Yeah. So before this, who all knew that raccoons didn't lay eggs? (laughs) (laughs) How many of you guys thought raccoons laid eggs? And honestly, I need someone to send us pictures of what they thought raccoon eggs looked like because... The more I picture it, the more horrifying it gets. I guess, I mean, all babies are pretty small when they start out. Like, birds are, well, birds are small to begin with. Except for, like, ostrich eggs that are the size of your head. Yeah, but, I I mean, ostriches grow up to be pretty big. All right, and raccoons are the size of a small dog. (laughs) <laughs> now I'm just picturing a dog egg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to move on. <laughs> this this uh, podcast is not about adoption <laughs> like it was supposed to be. Jesus, our this, our rants. This episode has just been a trip into the brain of Jaden, I guess. Yeah, it really has been. So we're going into the history of adoption. So this guy named Charles Loring Brace, he was it, born in like the 1820s, so mm-hmm. mid-19th century. It wasn't really a good time for America. <laughs> now is not a really good time for America. Okay, so I guess when was a good time Because <laughs> in my brain, it was the birth of America, which was a bunch of dudes. <laughs> Also not a good time for America. Yeah. <laughs> then it's the 1820s, so like slavery and crap. Then it's the Civil War. After the Civil War, the slaves. History with Riley was not a good time. I don't honestly. I, don't think... I definitely thought the Civil War happened before slavery, but I also didn't pay attention to and history for... class. And now I'm discounting the whole Native American thing because that's what really. That was, was the, the start of, like, bad times for America. Yeah. I, I feel like Native Americans really had it going. They, they really could have had a good time for America, but we screwed that up. Go white people. <laughs> um, so this guy named Charles Loring Brace, he was a philanthropist. It took me a minute to think of that word. And he really wanted to get into the social issues, such as orphans. So he built the first orphan train, which was to built to transport New York children to the newly colonized West, 
which was more like Ohio, not California. So like, okay. So at that, like what the West was at that time, not like the actual West coast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't really remember when the Louisiana purchase happened, but we weren't to California by then. We hadn't colonized California is my point. And you know that for sure. Or is that history with Riley? (laughs) Um, We aren't in California. Like, I feel like the gold rush in California happened in uh, 1900s or something. You, can you keep up. talking. I'm going to look it up because I thought it happened in the 1800s. When did the... I mean, when the Civil War was 1850s and we weren't fighting over 1848. There. Okay. Good to know. Moving on. We we didn't let the orphans anywhere near the gold. <laughs> no gold for you, most orphans. Of these, most of these uh, can be fact checked, and I can go ahead and put the link in, like with show the notes. episode notes. Yeah, <laughs> Charles Loring Brace was a real person in the mid nineteenth century, aka eighteen hundreds, because I usually need to translate that in my brain. 19th century is not 1900s. No, that's it's 1800s. Yeah. Um, so they were, they mainly went to farms. So that's not really a good deal because it was basically child slavery. I was just going to say children farms sounds awful. Yeah, especially in that time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, already life was rough for kids in that area or in that time period. But like, yeah, because we had, there weren't any child labor laws. Yeah, there weren't child labor laws. There weren't, like, abuse Schools. laws. There weren't really, like, yeah. extended education. There wasn't, um, I mean, I'm sure money and stuff was type um, medicine, you know. So foster, foster, quote, unquote, in adoptive, quote, unquote, parents at this time period were getting children to for the purpose of slavery like there were auctions for these kids yeah it was not a good time <laughs> auctions auctions they were just put up there and people were like just like the slave auction girl <laughs> like slave auctions yes but with children that's all right for orphans oh, right. specifically orphans for orphans <laughs> um that is bad yeah (laughs) that is not a good time but it kind of like makes sense of why orphan like the orphan homes were always so bad um as you you brought up in the last episode um anyways and now now it's more like foster homes and everything which are given bad rap but there's some good foster homes out there like i feel like there's more good than bad Um, But we don't hear, you don't see news articles about good foster homes. You see articles about bad foster homes, which sways your thinking of foster care. Like there's definitely social workers out there that do not really care about the system because they've probably been beaten down. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Overworked, underpaid. Yeah. 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 But there's also social workers out there who are trying to make sure that a child does get a forever family, etc. Blah blah blah. Um, anyways, so we're going into um 
the foster and adoptive parents in the mid 1800s were there to like they do did not treat their children well they didn't really think of them as their children there's different news not news but like accounts of adoptive or foster children during that time period that did not feel loved obviously (laughs) and they weren't even like given a glass of milk so that kind of (laughs) sucks They weren't even given a glass of milk? Yeah, like they would ask for a glass of milk. I assume they had a glass of water because they wouldn't have lived long for a while then. But that brings us into a different subject. Um, I actually kind of, with, but with the way that they weren't their kids, I kind of think of the orphan houses with Anne of Green Gables. You watched that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the adaptation of that. There it definitely was not like they they were just so mistreated and like in an orphan house they were really like um taught to be a good child slave. I don't know I don't know of any other way to put it. But the Anne of Green Gables was in Canada, so that was a little bit different. Pause. There's also children who were in the 1850s-ish era, there were children in New York who were found parentless, but they usually were found abandoned. Like, and these were infants that were found abandoned by the police and they were found dead if they were abandoned. That's usually like orphans. So were they like, did they die? Did I don't know if this is in your research, but did they die like from exposure or was it like, stillbirth or was it just like um hungry they were like they starved to death yeah okay yeah and this was usually infants i was gonna say like like, the weird thing about it um the abandoned dead infants were provided religions and names by the state just randomly and when i say religions it was all like christianity because that was kind of the big one default one for americans um and but they were provided like a catholic funeral and or a protestant funeral at the expense of the state at the expense of the state and they were provided names but it's kind of sad um they were provided names based off of where they were found so, like, if they were found on underneath a cherry tree on a hill, they could have the name could have been Cherry Hill. So, like, that's what they would be found as in the like state records at a library. It's really, really weird. And like, if a boy was found in an alley, his name could be Cherry Alley, or sorry, Charlie Alley. Um, that I- is weird, and also kind of messed up like you couldn't come up with it gets better oh fantastic (laughs) you would love this fact though actually um infants that were found from like a murder scene because apparently that was a common occurrence (laughs) like they were murdered or like i think it would and this is more like for poor families um or like immigrants so they were like part of a hate crime probably but not called 
hate crime during that time. Right. Um, they, their parent, the infants who were found from that murder scene were named after the perpetrator. So, like, the murderer. What? So, like... <laughs> Why wouldn't you just name them after their parents? They were murdered. Yeah. Like, doesn't somebody know the murderer, like, the victim's name? To, like... But, okay. All right. All right, I guess. Um. So, a lot of these, they... I mean, this Charles guy, Charles Loring Brace, he had a good idea with the orphan train because the other infants... I don't know. Orphan train just makes me think of, like, the Holocaust. Like, okay, you know how... I don't remember what they were called, but how they put yeah. them all on the trains Concentration and camps, yeah. Yeah, that's what that makes me think of. Absolutely. Completely agree. Like, the orphan right. train is not a good place <laughs> yeah all to be because i mean they didn't care if in if children were dying they were orphans nobody right there was no one them. there to care about kind them. of a thing um which is really messed up <laughs> yeah so then there was i don't know the right term for them i think it was like a juvenile asylum. That's what it was called, is a juvenile asylum. And I mean, I, back in that time, pretty much everything was an asylum, so... Yeah, yeah. Which reminds me that some some babies were just sent... Like, if, if, uh, if their parents were sent to insane asylums, the babies were too. The, the children just were too. Yep. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess they're not separated, but I thought the whole point of getting like a parent to a mental what? asylum would be so that they can get better and parent their child and like the child doesn't have to be exposed to it. But moving on. I mean, <laughs> realistically, the majority of asylum patients were women. Yes. And back then. From men, postpartum depression. Yeah. Men didn't really know how to take care of kids at that point. So basically, if you were a woman or child, you were in an asylum. Oh, just creepy. Yeah. Um, But there were then there's this island called Randall Island where um, parentless infants would go to. You want to know what the mortality rate was? A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of yeah. Randall Island. Yeah. And there was other... I believe that. <laughs> so it's like... I don't know. And then there, there's other juvenile um, asylums that weren't this Randall Island that I do not know what happened there for it to be a 100% mortality rate. Um, they were probably killing the children because crazy people run the crazy places. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You're right. The, Good job, the people <laughs> Good job. A plus <laughs> in this history lesson. If I have learned anything from history. Um, also, juvenile, the ju other juvenile asylums that had a 50% mortality rate. The average for juvenile asylums um, had a 50% mortality rate. Which is still like... 50% more than... One in two kids. Yeah. So every two kids, there was one So, dead. like, between you and I, who would have died? Um, me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree. I was going to say you, but I didn't want to say it out loud. And I didn't want to be the one who was like, wow, you're not a real friend. But honestly... To be fair, in any... I think I talked about this in a previous episode. In any apocalypse, 
it might be my mental illness talking, but if it gets much worse, I just want to be put down. <laughs> just take me out back. <laughs> like any zombie apocalypse, I don't want it too scary. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Too scary. You can't just turn it off, Riley. <laughs> um, you can. I mean, you it's can. just a little dark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but so in this juvenile asylums, they were cared for by prisoners. So I would like to know <laughs> who thought that was a good idea because obviously the guy who named the island Randall Island. Only why? Why are islands? For children, like, first of all, okay. Okay, why are only men dealing with the orphans is the real question yes. here. Yeah. Because he came up with the orphan trade. Also, he you was know what like, this makes me think of? Hmm. You know, in Pinocchio, the Naughty Kid Island, what is it called? I don't remember what it's called, but it's like all boys there. Okay. And like, no one escapes the island. Are you talking about Peter Pan? No, in <laughs> Pinocchio. Because he goes because he wants to be I a ha- real boy. I honestly haven't watched it in a while, so. Okay, well, he goes to this island because he wants to be a real boy, but it's like the naughty boy island. I don't know what it's called. And uh, they're all like drinking and smoking and doing. What? Yeah. Pinocchio is me- is wild, my guy. <laughs> he is wild. I honestly only remember. But the then he gets turned into a dad. Like the, who the kids get turned into a donkey. Just wanted a real boy. Yeah, no, the kids get turned into donkeys on this island. Interesting. Like jackass. I mean, all I do not know. The creators of Disney stories are really weird. They were like, <laughs> how can we make this? child appropriate and it's usually a story about cannibals <laughs> <laughs> pinocchio is wild and rape and what else was there? And like eight-year-old Peter children Pan. drinking and smoking yeah and cutting off toes to fit in glass slippers oh man anyways that's what made what randall island made me think of immediately okay like just shipping all the children off there and they're just like Basically, I mean, if if I think prisoners that was the are, idea of Peter Pan too, so that's why I'm kind of Peter Pan. Um, I thought Peter Pan. He, I thought he took children that weren't wanted and brought them to an island. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on my Peter Pan, like what the story actually was. I'm gonna do research. But they took, yeah, they took them, and you can add it to the end of the recording what the Peter Pan actual story was because I think they were, they took children that were from orphans, so like they didn't weren't wanted. Well, Wendy and her siblings weren't orphans. Yes, because Disney was trying to make it positive. (laughs) Oh, but Peter Pan himself was an orphan. And had, okay. was kind of screwed up. Um, Anyways, that's what that makes us think of. <laughs> Which kind of is like, yeah, it makes sense based off of this story. Yeah. Um, but all of this makes it seem like they didn't care about babies. Oh, and I like how they do now? This is a very good segue into abortion. Yes. Because we care. My time has come. <laughs> we obviously care about all all you pro-life kids. That you obviously care about babies, right? Right, until right? they're born. Yeah, until and care born. about foster care, right? Right, right, right. And right. 
and you don't you don't care at all about the woman's body right i mean if you were because it's not her body yeah exactly if you were pro-life you would care about the woman's body and the child afterwards yep but but they, they don't we just so. care about controlling a woman's body that's, yeah we, that's all we, I, we care, care about, about um reproduct controlling reproductive health anyways okay so history quick brief history on abortion abortion is a practice to um deliberately terminate pregnancy which i'm sure you guys knew it has been known since ancient times various methods have been used to perform to perform or attempt abortion, including administration of anti, or a, basically abortion herbs. I, it's a big word, I'm not gonna read it. Um, <laughs> the use of sharpened implements, the application of abdominal pressure and other techniques. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of scary <laughs> techniques, but in reality, if it's, um, before the limit, the legal limit, it's usually actually a pill. Um, you take a pill. Yeah, you take and, a pill and your body just kind of clears out. Yeah. Um, but the In first way reported <laughs> evidence of induced abortion is from the Egyptian herbis papyrus in 1550 BCE. Mm -hmm. Abortion's been around the whole time. It's whether or not making... so. Roe v. Wade, that decision, it's not going to stop abortion. It won't. It's just going to stop safe abortion. Yeah. It's going to For poor increase. Communities. Also, it's going to increase our maternal mortality rate, which is already the highest in the world. It is. Yeah. It the absolutely United is. The United States maternal mortality rate is incredibly high. We don't care about, in America here, we don't care about women's bodies. We care about controlling them. Yeah. Yep. And then that actually leads into how adoption actually started. If I can yeah. go ahead and start here. Absolutely. This girl named Georgia, Georgia Tan, um, she started adoption. She has a pretty okay origin story for her. Um, her dad was a judge. He was like a family judge. So he ended up deciding where children would go when they were orphans. Okay. Makes sense. So he was the guy putting the orphans on the orphan train and sending them to slave camps. Cool. <laughs> Tell um, me I'm But wrong. he actually was, I don't know where they started, but she was kicked. This lady, she actually is gay, which is cool. She wanted to be a lawyer. We love cool. the LGBTQ plus community. But she did so much crap that she was kicked out of Texas in another state. Just kicked out of Texas. Okay, what did she do to get t kicked out of Texas? <sighs> All right, so it gets dark here, folks. <laughs> um, trigger warning, this whole episode is dark things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we usually talk about dark things. Yeah. So, like, the whole podcast is... Anyways. <laughs> um, Mental health is pretty So dark. she usually just went ahead and decided she was god and kidnapped children she was like you're in a poor community and i know this rich these rich folks who can give this baby a better chance and it wasn't just any babies too it wasn't just any poor baby it had to be a pretty baby of course it had to be a pretty baby <laughs> because um 
you know, beauty standards in the United States are, well, I mean, in the world are astronomically high. And she was part of like a social services, but she made money off of this. She had the checks made out to her. She would personally drop off the children, which it's usually about 200 kidnapped children per year. Um, she would personally bring them to the, these rich folks and, um, like get the money, make the checks out to her. So she was making money, AKA child trafficking. Did the people getting the children know that they were kidnapped children? That is a very good question. Because I feel like, I Um, mean, I guess I don't know what the procedure for missing children was back then i'm sure it's not as strenuous as it is now yeah. but like you would think you would see i assume and like, that some of them did know is there an age because range because kids start remembering things at like age four and they're gonna remember you know being kidnapped. it usually is infants infants okay infants. um also and are people they were leaving their infants adoptions or it wasn't called a closed adoption then, but she would purposely just get rid of all evidence. So, like, these grown-ups, they'd, the only way that they found out would be through biological testing. Um, let's see, Joan Crawford's twins actually went through this. The Georgia Tan initiated. Joan Crawford. She's um, that celebrity, isn't she? An actress. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but her twins actually went through this. So it, she did it all they the way kidnapped? to 1920s. Yep. Yep. And some major wrestler, like, hmm, I looked him up because I didn't hear about him, but some major wrestler who was adopted was adopted through this Georgia Tan thing. Cause she, she so did went Joan through Crawford these adoptions through 1920s. Back? Oh, Joan Crawford. <laughs> got the kidnapped child she was rich she got the kidnapped child oh yep i thought you were saying like her kids like she had twins and they were kidnapped by georgia tam yeah then i think people would have probably cared um but there was one person children from georgia tam yep yep whoa because that's kind of how adoption worked at that point it was kind of like a child trafficking thing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I definitely think uh, abortion and child trafficking kind of, or not abortion, adoption and child trafficking are, there's like a thin line between what is adoption and what is child trafficking. See, okay. So then let's go into how much residents paid. So California residents usually paid about 731 for adoption. In the 1800s? Or in that, this is Joan Crawford was not born in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, this we're getting into the 20th century now. Okay, I want to look at the hundreds. I want to look at the conversion rate. Right? I have I them. I oh, have do you? Yeah. Do you? Okay, cool. I was going to say, what's the what's the actual like? How much was it? So nowadays? California is about 731. New York residents about 766. So that's roughly about eleven thousand dollars per baby. In today's world. So that is how much Georgia Tan was getting. Per child. Yep. She was a part of this government sanctioned thing, but she had the checks made out to her. her. And that's why she went personally to deliver, (laughs) to drop off the babies. (laughs) Um, But actually also really rich families 
she got $10,000 out of them, which is roughly $140,000. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's kind of dark. Um, she also apparently was part of, like, molestation, but I kind of stopped reading that to read at that point because it just made me really sad. Like I said, I would like the history of adoption to be cave women, but unfortunately adoption as, for today began with Georgia Tan and her kidnapping poor kids. And um, there were people who fought against her in legal courts um, that her dad ran. So, of course, he sided with his daughter. Yeah, not biased at all. You know, no, not, as not one judges bit. were. Um, there were a couple that did it outside of her dad's court. And she, this girl, Georgia Tan. Um, okay, so there's one instance that I can remember hearing about. She, a mom, reached out to social services for temporary care while she underwent cancer treatment until her um, relatives could come and take care of her kids. So cancer treatment's done. She wants her kids back. She can't get them back. Because they're part of it. She won't even tell. Georgia Tam won't even tell her where her kids are at. It's a close, not not necessarily a closed adoption, but this is where closed adoption came from. Um, and she won't tell them. She actually went and talked to Georgia Tan and she was like, well, this rich family can provide way better than you. So you're not going to get your kids back, which is a little, not not great. And I mean, okay. So it's kind of not, not that I'm condoning this. Mm -hmm. I'm not condoning this in the slightest. And I'm not saying that I agree with her. Yep. However... Theoretically, kids, well, statistically, kids from poor families tend to have more, like, abuse Mm -hmm. and trauma-related things. I can see it being a little bit, the trauma, maybe, but I can see it being a little bit the same because rich folks, um, they... I feel like rich people are more, like sexually abusive and like emotionally abusive yeah versus like physically abusive so like i can kind of see where she would think um right. oh they're going to a richer family so they're gonna she be better off all the good intentions i can see that i can see but exactly how why she, she did thought it. she was doing right i yes. can see that that's exactly but like the way she did it is super super wrong yep 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 yeah. absolutely and like who is she to decide who is worthy of having their kids or not yeah and in the end she did she really shaped adoption to be what it is today so um prior to georgia tan making adoption she actually kind of made it trendy again uh in richer folk which is crappy to say but she i mean you do see a lot of richer people being like oh i'm adopting um which I think is fantastic, but I think a lot of people, especially well, like right. celebrities, adopt kids from either third world countries mm-hmm. or And they whatever. think it's better than... Yeah, and 
adopting I, in stage. Yeah, so I think that they happened. Do it a lot for the publicity. Yeah, not because the status. They, yeah, not because they care one hundred percent. Like I'm sure they do. Yeah, or at least some of them do. But you hear stories. You don't hear them a lot, but you do hear stories about people who adopt kids from other countries and are like, oh no, I don't actually want them, and return them. I don't know if we talked about it, but my mom experienced that with yep. one of her good friends where they adopted a kid from China and that the friend said that um, my mom adopted me and my brother for selfish reasons and she was going and adopting for good reasons. And that's, yep. I don't see that at all. I mean, um, we needed a family. We needed good people and we were in state and you went and spent millions of dollars to take a child from their culture Mm -hmm. and which i mean definitely that girl that chinese girl needed to be adopted too um and hopefully they are getting that chinese culture that yeah getting exposed to the culture that they would have been grown up growing up in and part of their heritage i don't think that they're choices for adoption were any better than my parents choices for adoption i would love to talk to your biological mom and just like ask her about her side of it all you know what i mean like yeah. i'm just so curious yeah no i'm curious too about certain things because i learned things and we can go over that in the next episode i l- definitely learned things when i was over 18 years mm-hmm. old that i was like oh okay you shielded me from that for sure. Yeah. Like the sad parts, I think yeah. they definitely shielded yeah. me from. Um, so anyways, uh, so Georgia Tan really made it trendy because before Georgia letting adoption was seen as letting lower class people into your home, which really was a whole thing with eugenics. So like what is eugenics? That was was um the worst case scenario is what comes into my mind hitler's thing where he wanted oh like all people to be white um blonde hair blue eyes eyes. but with the eugenics it was more they and i kind of think that kind of goes hand in hand with the randall island and sending infants there to die um they wanted to stop the sexually deviant women because obviously the infants of like orphans are going to grow up and be like their mother who had sex unmarried okay i was gonna say (laughs) what is considered sexually deviant because like are we talking like sex out of wedlock or child out of wedlock or like sex worker deviant which like nowadays isn't real sexual deviance but you know what i mean yeah and i'm sure back then it was also that That, too but i mean if you had sex out of wedlock and had a baby and then you know you're poor you died because the 1900s was when there was like world war one and everything so Mm -hmm. if you were homeless it was a life or death yeah kind of thing so if you died, your baby's an orphan out of because of being poor, mm-hmm. basically. And the eugenics came into play and people were like, 
no, we don't want this in our life. Darwinism. Okay. Um, I am a firm believer in Darwinism. However, I don't see that as Darwinism um, because it's not the child's choice, which I... So, so you're a fan of survival of the fittest. I definitely believe it is a... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. However, we should I go over the actual wording someday because he was sexist as he heck. was. He was. I I don't believe that it applies to children <laughs> because children are not old enough to know better. See, I think Darwinism, survival of the fittest, applies to adults. Because yeah. if you're stupid, what Chris likes to say, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but then I do think they should have equal chance to learn to be smart. That's what you do when you're a child. Yeah. You learn to be smart. When you're yeah. an adult, you play stupid games, you win stupid yeah. prizes. He, I just, I don't care for Darwinism because he literally was like, women's brains are smaller, so they're not going to live longer. And that's mm. 100% well, wrong. Because I was going to say, women have a longer lifespan. We're also yeah. statistically smarter than men. Yep. So he just so didn't understand. He's like, just a I sexist a-hole. I can see his thing about evolution completely right. Good job, you man and a woman probably had that idea before you, but good job yeah, for proving it with some words. And you were like, did you guys hear that? I discovered this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do believe in survival of the fittest. Like I said, I do not believe that it applies to children because children are learning how to yeah. take care of themselves. Exactly. We have a responsibility to, uh, I believe that we have a responsibility to teach them how to live in a world and do this survival of the fittest crap. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's when I say I'm a fan of survival of the fittest i don't mean children yeah so <laughs> um but yeah that's kind of my so she uh, georgia tan put her foot in all 48 states for her little we're gonna call it child trafficking because i don't think this is adoption. So hawaii and alaska not states at that's time. what i was wondering um and I don't know. You're the one who came from Alaska. All right. Well, just because I came from Alaska doesn't mean I actually know anything about the state. Hold on. <laughs> let me look and see when Alaska became a state. I think your mom would know. and She'd be very disappointed. Probably. <laughs> for not knowing Alaska history. Where you came from. October 18th, 1867. All right. So, so yeah. But, I mean, it makes sense that they maybe were, she didn't have it in Alaska because... Or Hawaii. Um, planes weren't a thing. <laughs> so, I mean, she was probably... Hopefully, she was at the end of her her child trafficking career. When they... When planes became more commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Georgia Tan's whole thing, she felt like she was taking kids away from trash. So, like trash as in white trash. From, <laughs> but also, I am trash, so <laughs> please don't touch my children. <laughs> exactly, and there had to be, oh my god, I just cannot And then, okay, so wait, back that... to the eugenics thing, though. <laughs> so, did they think taking poor kids into rich households would make them 
rich people or did they were they like so georgia tan didn't believe in the eugenics she um changed people's minds away from the eugenics so originally they were like poor Turned people away from adopted and things like that okay. right they okay. didn't believe in adoption because of eugenics okay and georgia tan at least the contribution she made to society is that she made people stop believing that these children should be left to die okay the way she went about it wasn't that great mm -hmm. she could have there was definitely plenty of orphans that she could have tried to do and she definitely did focus on infants which i think is a problem yeah because they i mean nowadays you see that nowadays in regular adoption like legal adoption too though is people more often than not want an infant yes and i think that this sounds really messed because up because of her because she actually promoted it as a blank slate yes exactly i was just gonna say that um i think it's kind of messed up but people look at children like property which i mean taxes so they are i mean yeah <laughs> our country them. makes makes children look like property but like think about it as like a puppy mm -hmm. you want to get a puppy more than you want to get like a middle-aged dog from the shelter not necessarily yeah. an older dog um because then you can train it how you want yeah people look at kids the same way yeah and yes in a sense mm -hmm. but they're also their own person they're born with their own personality their brains function differently you're not going to be able to control them in yeah. that way um and i mean dogs are the same way you know what i mean like they have their own personalities and whatever but this is I don't really know how to like put it into words. Um, but like you see it nowadays where people still have that ideology of like, I want an infant so that I can raise them how I want. I don't right. want to have to deal with, you know, all this stuff that comes with right. them getting older. But if you think about it, they're going to deal with that stuff anyways, when and they get older, it's just going to come in a different form because you raised them differently. So what about the kids that have already been through hell and back? or have already lost so much. Right. Well, and it's kind of interesting too that you bring that up um, because with the experiment that we'll talk about next episode, the unethical experiment that happened with the triplets where they were separated at birth, mm -hmm. there, this Dr. Peter Naubar's, um Newbar, I don't know how Newbar. it's pronounced. Um, his experiment was that it didn't matter where you were born, you were still going to act the same. And it's a little bit Nature true. versus nurture. It was a bit true for these triplets. They still had the depression. They still had, I mean, it didn't matter that they were separated. It didn't matter how they grew up. It didn't matter that they all had They were still households. going to act the same way. And I mean, I almost wonder if that's true for... Um, kids obviously trauma is going to be a factor that's going to shape how you do things but like if you think about it okay as someone who came from a semi-traumatic background um i think had i been raised by my mom instead of my dad i probably would have turned out just about the same mm -hmm. um regardless of the environment i grew up in yeah exactly like, 
And I, I think and about there's... like Ellie, who has such a huge, strong personality. I think she would grow up the same way she is now, except I think she would be less happy. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like if she came from a, a harsher background mm-hmm. than she does. Because she's a very happy child. She's very she's very outspoken she's very opinionated she's very smart she's friendly but i think had she come from a harsher traumatic background whatever um maybe she wouldn't be as outgoing but she would still have this big spark that she has yep yeah i was actually reading that personality isn't really impacted too much by um your surroundings or how you're raised so like it's It's kind of a good thing for parents to know you can't control your child's personality so we don't really have as much of a impact on their personality as we would like to think yeah it it kind of gives parents grace a little bit in how they're raising their kid um like they're gonna behavior is learned personality is not yeah but yeah, so um, I that's the end of the adoption notes that I took because this Georgia Tan lady just kind of started getting more and more um, screwed up. If you want, if you guys want to read the book, it's the Baby Thief book. I don't know who it's by, but it's kind of it goes through Georgia Tan's history more in detail than what I provided I just kind of took the little points that I was kind of like oh my goodness this is kind of screwed up um and I think the major takeaway about the adoption aspect is it's not always the easiest option um yeah (laughs) I I do think Adoption is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any background in it or anything. Not that I have any background in abortion either, but um, it's I a think, choice. It's a hard choice. Yeah, either I way, don't think one thing. is easier than the other because yep. no matter what, you have the emotional repercussions, you have yep. the physical repercussions, you have, you know, absolutely everything is affected within you. But um, I think this is a good kind of segue into abortion. Um, It is a really hot topic right now. Um, It should be more of a hot topic. It should be more of a hot topic, especially with all of the um, things coming out of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But I did kind of want to talk about, um, you know, some of the original abortion Thing is just because it's so it's such an interesting topic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the methods employed in early cultures were non-surgical, so they weren't doing you know DNCs or anything hmm. like that. Um, it was physical activities like strenuous labor, climbing, paddling, weightlifting, or dr- diving. Um, and then others were induced use of irritant leaves, fasting bloodletting pouring hot water onto the abdomen which sounds awful yeah i'm just imagining i mean all of it sounds awful of rock climbing while pregnant (laughs) yeah that that sounds really really awful um and like fasting no thanks um and then laying on heated coconut shell which i'm not sure if it's like a like you know how you're not supposed to go into a hot tub when you're pregnant 
Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if it's the same thing or if there's something about heating the coconut shell. Well, there's so much that I'm kind of like, wow, I didn't really realize that would terminate a pregnancy. Yeah. It's kind of um, scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in virtually all cultures, abortion techniques developed through observation, adaption of obstetrical, I don't know. Obstetricians. Thank, thank you. Uh, methods and transculturation. Um, physical means of inducing labor, including battery, exercise, and tightening the girdle were still <laughs> often used in the modern, early modern period and among English women. So I imagine that's like colonial. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. Um, and then archaeology discoveries indicate early surgical attempts at extraction of a fetus. However, such methods were not believed to have been common, given the infrequency in which they are mentioned in, in met ancient medical texts. Yeah, I would believe it. I don't think that um, surgery was... I think surgery was more of a means to end life than to... Um, keep a mother alive yeah yeah i think it was like a last ditch attempt mm -hmm. um interesting it's probably more for science i bet it was more well, religious and, I purposes. Mean, how, how do we develop our medical practices now you know we have yeah. to go through all this in our past the first c-section was created in not so great conditions, but through slavery. So I was going to say, kind of interesting. Um, if I remember correctly, that's what the chainsaw was originally created for. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. But that it was um, the C-section. The first C-section was performed by African-American women in a slavery setting to keep the woman alive. I did not know that. That is, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to like get through all of this because this all just talks about different cultures. Um, this topic I know will come up more than once too in our um, podcast because I mean we're both it it needs to come up in everyday conversations. It's just that for it to get overturned, the overturn all the overturn to get overturned, it just needs to be brought up. Often. Yeah, I think it needs to be, I mean, because I think there's also like the people who are pro-life and not crazies, um, I think they just don't understand that it's uh, abortion and abortion doctors will tell you it's, it's kind of a simple procedure where you just get a pill and they check back in with you after the period cramps are done, I mean, um, when it's about, when a baby is a lump of cells, it's not, when a fetus is a lump of cells, it's not, it's not murder like people so think it is. Here is my, um, my thought process on it is if it could not survive outside my body, it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, after like 24 weeks, yeah, a, a baby can survive outside its mother's body. Yep. And they have like brain cells and things like that. They're they don't understand. 
things. Like they're still, you know, learning yeah. what dots even are. Yeah, they're still but, doing all the things that they would be doing in utero, you know, up to that 39 week development. But like, I think that, and the majority, okay, so if you look at the statistics, I think it's like less than 1% of abortions happen after 21 weeks. Yes, and that's in life-saving conditions. Yes, exactly. In situations where- the mother's life. Yeah. So you can't call yourself pro-life- If you're not saving the mother's life as well. Yep, you yes. can't. That's, that's that. Yeah. Um, you're just anti-abortion at yeah. that point. You're not pro-life. Yes. You're anti-abortion. And the thing with, um, if you, for whatever reason, think that the baby's life is more important than the mother's, Let's think about who's raising. I was gonna say the kid. I think at that point you need, if you're going who's to raising, voice that op opinion, you need to be prepared to take care of that child once that child is born. If the mother has other children, who's raising those children? Yeah. Um, I just, you're not, you're, you can't call yourself pro-life. That's that's not so many. There's so many pro-lifers out there that absolutely cannot say that they care about the life of a baby and the life of a mother equally because they don't. Well, and I think that in order to call yourself pro-life, you have to also, you know, care about the children that are already alive mm -hmm. or Absolutely. the children after they're brought into this world. I, um, I was just looking at the state laws for South Dakota. Um, they're and, not good. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, this is from Planned Parenthood, which I get texts from them like every week with just kind of updates on everything. Mm -hmm. um, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which means the state that states can now ban abortion. Some states have banned abortion or created a lot of restrictions, but abortion is still legal in many states. Um, so South Dakota has a trigger law, mm -hmm. had a trigger law in place. So if Roe v. Wade got overturned, then automatically abortions were illegal. Yep. So in the state, they had to literally like if you um, there's so many other podcasts and news reports of the actual moment that they realized that they couldn't have abortions anymore. Mm -hmm. Like everything was just put on standstill for even states without the trigger ban. Everything was put on a standstill because, I mean, doctors shouldn't have to be. um tried by the law for giving women reproductive health rights right i'm trying to find um the law like the actual so i can read it um so i'm looking at south dakota legislator legislature um well, the reason that Roe v. Wade was overturned was because they think that it went against the amendments, was it? The Bill of Rights? I don't know what it was, but that's just simply not true. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, if you've ever looked at, and I am, this has all been all over my TikTok that we are in the seventh stage of a 10-step program to genocide. What does that mean? So there's 10 steps to genocide. Okay. Um, we're on step seven. Like the United States is on step seven. Okay. 
Um, and I mean, obviously, if you look at like a UN Crimes Against Humanity page, yep. um, forced pregnancy is like forced to carry a pregnancy right. is a vile is a is a crime against humanity. Um, God, they understand. And I know I've heard a lot about people, um, like I've heard a. I can't find anything that I actually can understand right now about the law that's like clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because there's just a lot of fancy law language. Um, but I know a lot of other countries have been sending in messages to like the United Nations mm -hmm. about things that are going on in the U.S. Um. Let me, I'm going to look up this real quick. Tens. Well, I was thinking that we would actually just add it as a side note, like just stop the recording and then we could add and be like, side note, 10 genocide things. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so after all those tangents of a really, really depressing episode... <laughs> I recommend that if this is one of your first episodes um, that you listen to, that you go back and talk about, or go back and listen to the Ray of Sunshine episode. The level of um, sound quality is not that great. We are a beginning podcast, um, so we're kind of just testing out what works and what doesn't work in terms of terms of sound quality. It was also our first remote podcast that we did, um, but we are a pro adoption there is so much talk about out there about the negative consequences of adoption etc i can tell you from firsthand experience that not all adoption or fostering experiences are bad um yes it's hard it's a hard decision it might not be for everybody however if you do the classes if you really are just good in heart like I'm sure a lot of people are you can really make a difference in somebody's life and so we we really are pro-adoption I'm sure like even Joan Crawford I'm not sure she really understood what kind of went down with her twins well, and if and she did then I was thinking about that after you brought that up and I had asked did the people getting the children even know you yeah. know I'm I'm wondering I'm sure Even that more. so many people didn't. Though. Yeah. Um, like, in a lot of the people who seek adoption, they go through infertility um, and things like that. Their hearts are good. They just want a child. So, anyways, that's kind of where we'll drop off here. And we do hope that everybody has an excellent week and hope you turn in for the next episode. Um, take a listen for all of our social media and reach out if you have any questions about adoption. I'll go ahead and cover it next episode. Sounds Thanks. good. Thank you. Bye. All right. So, side note for anybody who is curious, in Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decided that the right to privacy implied in the 14th amendment protected abortion as a fundamental right however the government still retained the power to regulate or restrict abortion across depending on the stage of pregnancy many there's very rare cases where anybody is 
in need of an abortion or chooses to have an abortion by the third trimester. Um, I looked it up here and many laws or many states, including Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, Louisiana, they all have um, banned abortion laws. So there's a total ban in abortion. Um, What that means is abortion is completely banned based on the new law or the overturning of Roe v. Wade in 2022. Um, for a lot of these states, it is still legal to travel out of the state to get an abortion, um, but there's very large wait lists for states like that, whether it's like Minnesota or Colorado, um, and a lot of states don't even have a, an exception to save the pregnant person's life, such as South Dakota, Tennessee, um, let's see, (sighs) Arkansas. There's even, it looks like in Texas, um, private citizens can sue abortion providers and those who assist patients seeking an abortion after about six weeks of pregnancy. And that's the same with Oklahoma. Um, in Idaho, there was, at the very least, a federal judge that ruled that doctors can't be punished for performing an abortion to protect a patient's health. So there's a little bit of pro-life in this uh, anti-abortion world here, but that is so many states where um, people who don't have access to cars or what have you, don't have the ability for a safe abortion. They don't have the ability for women's health care. And they are taking it out on Planned Parenthood, which a lot of the times it just is providing you women's reproductive health um, services like condoms, birth control, Oh my gosh, just, if you haven't started researching about Roe v. Wade, do it. (laughs) If you wanted to reach out to Mental Mamas, you can reach out to us at randjmmp at gmail.com, mentalmamas underscore podcast on Instagram, and I also think on Twitter, I think it's the same. And we are also on Facebook as just Mental Mamas. You should be able to find us pretty quick or Mental Mamas podcast. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys any feedback, any thing you're interested in hearing us talk about. We would be interested in hearing. Thank you.